0: My name is Jake. I'm an associate pastor here. Welcome to Schweitzer this morning. Uh, we've been, for the last few weeks, talking about transitions here at Schweitzer, looking backwards at Schweitzer's history, looking forwards. And, uh, and don't worry, if we don't figure this mic out I'll just, in the next minute or so, I'll grab a handheld. Um, and uh, there's another transition happening here. Just, uh, pastor Jim will be leaving us uh, for three months. He's going on sabbatical. Gotcha, if you didn't know this already. And, uh, and so his sabbatical, this will be his last Sunday, um, is, is kind of uh, created the, uh, the context for the sermon today, which is Sabbath. And uh, Pastor Jim is speaking in, uh, in the other traditional services at 820 and 11 traditional about Sabbath. And so if you want to hear more about uh, his perspective on this and his insight and what he'll be doing on, during his sabbatical, please watch his sermon online. But uh, uh, this has been a very timely message for me, I will admit. Uh, As Jim and I, when we started preparing for this message about a month ago, uh, I remember sitting down and talking to him and just being overwhelmed with emotion. Uh, It just hit me that I'd been running empty for quite some time. And I heard the voice of Jesus say those sweet words. Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. When's the last time you heard God speak those words to you? Come to me, and I will give you rest. It was just the promise of from these unnecessary burdens that I had been carrying. Handheld? Okay. Which one should I take? This one? The promise of relief from the burden that I'd been carrying for months, the multiple burdens of of working and and spreading myself thin um, and not getting the the kind of rest that I needed to really be fully alive in God. And the conversation with Jim and the the reading of scripture and the talking about Sabbath and this very important practice for um, the people of God, it just, it's so, something in me in the last month since we talked about that has been a really, really uh, incredible time of restoration and rejuvenation uh, for my soul. Um, In many ways, I think this message is timely for us all, even as summer begins, right? A lot of us uh, are in sort of a, a new season at the moment where we get to make some changes, where we maybe have... Maybe you have less things going on, work-related. Maybe you have more things. You know, summer can actually be a busier time of season. My wife and I, it's like every weekend we have something going on. Um, but but it's, it's really important as we move into this time that we're mindful of how we use it. Because how dare we turn vacation into a, an obligation, right? All right. <laughs> uh, KJ, our, our worship director, shared with us an article as we were planning the sermon called How Millennials Became the Burnout Generation. And uh, if you want to read a really good article, whether you're a millennial or not, write that down. How Millennials Became the Burnout Generation. It was a BuzzFeed article. really long sort of editorial. But um, it's one of those, I don't agree with everything in the article. Um, and she's not a Christian, but it, it, it was almost prophetic. I mean, just how insightful um, the writer of that article is. Um, and, and she speaks uh, to the reality of, of just having this endless list of to-dos. And uh, man, I could relate to this. Like how even the simplest tasks took her weeks and weeks and weeks to finally accomplish. Like, I've had to pick up my contacts now down the road for like three weeks, and I still haven't gone and gotten them. (laughs) It's just the simplest tasks uh, that feel so hard, and even when we accomplish the things that we have set out to do, it's the feeling that there's still more to do. Can any of you relate to that feeling? Yeah, thank you. And so, uh, this all, in my opinion, is, is largely a result of us not knowing how to Sabbath. And that Hebrew word Sabbath or Shabbat means rest. So we're going to talk about this today. Now there are a few, there are few topics about, uh, that, that I've taught in the last five or six years of teaching um, in the church that I get more pushback from than the topic of Sabbath. I don't know if that surprises you or not. Some of the pushback is theological. It's like, well, well, Sabbath was this old practice that Christians don't have to do anymore because we're, you know, new in Christ. And that was the old covenant. This is the new covenant. And we'll talk about that briefly here in a second. That's just not true. The second is more of a practical pushback and it's, I am just too busy. Life has too many demands, I just cannot wrap my mind around how with my job and with church, even, you know, godly things and with kids and practices and, you know, all sorts of whatever, how I can do all of this and still find a full 24-hour day in the week and then even rhythms within each day to find Sabbath rest. How can I do it? And so, um, so that's usually the pushback and I'm going to talk about that a little bit as well, um. So here's one thing I want to start with is uh, the Ten Commandments. This may surprise you. You may already know this. I'm going to say it anyway because um, this may be the most important thing that I say all day. There's Exodus 20, also in Deuteronomy 5. Uh, the people of God were given ten commandments that we virtually all agree, I think, are, are and always have been Uh, laws for God's people in the Old and the New Testament. Now, let me give you nine of those 10 commandments. One um, is you should not worship any other gods before me. You all agree that's a good thing? You shall not have any idols. Uh, You should not use the name of the Lord, your God, in vain. You all agree those are good things? You shall honor your father and mother. You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not covet and... What's the last one, ninth one I'm missing? I can't remember the ninth one. The tenth one, number four, actually, is, anyone? Keep the Sabbath. Sabbath, that is in the Ten Commandments, with you shall not murder and steal and commit adultery and you have, worship any other gods or have any other idols. Keep the Sabbath. Isn't that odd? I mean, if you're with me, that, I mean, that, it feels like misplaced. Maybe, God, you just made a mistake. Maybe that wasn't meant to be in the Ten Commandments, you know, spoken by the audible voice of God, written by his own finger on stone tablets and placed within the Ark of the Covenant. There were only ten laws that got that sort of treatment. The Sabbath was one of them. And you know what the punishment was for disobeying the Sabbath in the old days? Anyone? Death. I mean, I don't even want to... I don't even <laughs> fully understand. I mean, that just seems a little absurd. We were talking about this in a small group about a month ago, and everyone's like, yeah, that seems a little extreme, but you gotta understand how, how to God and to his people, since the beginning of time, how, how important this command to rest, to find Sabbath rest, not just any kind of rest, but Sabbath rest is. And it still exists for us today, as do all the other nine of those 10 commandments. And so if we did nothing else today, but just reflect on that text, On the Ten Commandments and the Sabbath being one of them, I think we would do well for ourselves. And I'd encourage you to just go. If you're not where I'm at yet, go home and just think about that. Okay. But that's not even our scripture today. Our scripture today is uh, Genesis 2, 1 through 3. So I'm going to take you back even before the Ten Commandments. We're in the story of creation. Creation itself. These should be familiar words to most of you. We'll throw them on the screen. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished His work that He had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all His work that He had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all His work that He had done in creation. Now you may hear some redundancy there right? That God rested on the seventh day from all the work he had done. Therefore, he blessed it, made it holy because he rested. So there are a few things we're going to talk about here. The first of which is the most prominent in that text. It's that God rested. The second is that he blessed the Sabbath day, the seventh day. And the third is that he made it holy. But first, even God rests. There's one more thing that you could reflect on as you leave today. It's this, that even God rests. Hear me out for a second. Isn't it interesting that a God who is infinite in strength, in energy, in time, in capability, in power, in love, etc., even he still chose to rest. He didn't have to, right? Right? If you were God, here's the question, if you were God, would you rest? I can't tell you how many times in my life I've thought to myself, man, if I just didn't have to sleep, you know, or if there was just more time in the day, if I just had more energy or if I just had more desire or love or whatever, and I just think about all the things that I could accomplish, right? Or in other words, if we were God, we probably wouldn't rest, or at least I know I wouldn't. Not in the way that I typically think of things. And yet God is God. Limitless in his capabilities. And yet he chose to rest. God is capable of working endlessly, but he chose not to. We are not capable of working endlessly. But we wish we were so that we could. Isn't that just fascinating how Messed up our minds are. (laughs) And so the result of this is that even if and when we choose to rest, we often feel like we should be working. You know, we feel that guilt and that burden as if we, we should be more like God. But see, if we understood God to be who God really is, if we accurately understood our God, we would have permission to rest. Don't you see? It all boils down to how we understand God and that he's not a workaholic if we see God as someone who's enslaved to his work because of his power or his love or his responsibility, you know, his capabilities or whatever, we are going to feel enslaved to our work to the degree that we feel capable. You know what I mean? With every moment of time that we have, with every bit of responsibility or power or our capabilities or intelligence or whatever, we're gonna feel enslaved to our work to that degree if we understand God to be the same way. But if we see God as someone who is infinitely capable and yet free, free from the necessity to work, who is able to lay aside every kind of work and rest, then how much more can we who are not infinitely capable, right? How much more then can we who are are limited freely lay aside our work and these burdens and find rest in a God who does the same. You hear me? Isn't that just wonderful? Second thing is this. God blessed the seventh day. So what does it mean when God blesses something? Um, God blesses food so that it will be a what? Anyone? Gift. A blessing. God in Genesis 12 blessed Abraham he says I will bless you did you get that over there so <laughs> next he says I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to all the nations right God says, uh, we ask God to bless our tithes and offerings in that prayer every Sunday morning so that those will be a blessing. When God blesses your house, we say God bless this house or bless this sanctuary. It's so that it will be a blessing, right? So it will be a gift. And so when God takes that seventh day and he blesses it, it's so that it will be a blessing. This is what Jesus uh, was talking about when he said that Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And he wasn't saying you can stop worrying about all the Sabbath rules. He's saying to the Jewish people, they had made all of these regulations and these restrictions around the day to make sure they didn't break any laws. You know, And it became such a burdensome day. That right? they couldn't hardly like, lift a finger or start a fire, you know? I mean, and they could get in trouble at any given minute and be condemned to death because they broke the Sabbath. You know? And Jesus is saying it was not meant to be that. You weren't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for you. This is a gift from God to be received with joy. You know, part of being a Christian, I mean, like one of the most fundamental aspects of being a Christian is the ability to receive. That's so important, isn't it? It's like that we, we become a Christian the moment we receive the grace of God. It's receiving, it's not doing, we all know that. And it's not that we never do anything, but the doing follows the receiving. I can't really forgive until I've received forgiveness, you know? I can't really love until I've received love, right? We love because God first loved us. I can't really worship with my hands like this until I've worshiped with my hands like this, you know, received. I can't really go out and work and serve God joyfully and serve others joyfully and selflessly until I have allowed God to serve me and fill me and to strengthen me. You know, I find even in the morning sometimes, if prayer is is hard and I feel like it's a burden and it's just a task to check off the list, I'll sit there and I'll just... I'll not say a word and I'll just let God sort of pray over me or pray in me. I just just receive because I can't really do anything honorably or accurately or joyfully unless I am full. This is fundamental to the Christian life. It's essential that we learn to receive. And, and, you know, I don't know why it's so hard to receive this gift of Sabbath. I think we're sort of brainwashed, but... um, I mean, I'm right here with you, and I'm, I'm speaking from personal experience. Uh, if you're like me, even as you hear this message to find, make Sabbath rest in your life, um, you're feeling sort of anxious and stressed out, like, how can I, how can I make this happen? You know, it's, it feels like one more thing that you have to do. And um, I think in my life, Uh, One thing that has helped, I may be going out on a limb here. I don't know if this helps you or not. But it's remembering that this isn't really even a choice, that this is a commandment. And I think sometimes we think that having choice um, makes us more free. (laughs) That's not, I mean, we know that disciplines and that practices and that laws that God gives us are for our own benefit so that we're free not to do whatever we want, but that we're free from sin and free to do and live the life that God has called us to do and live, right? And so it's the same with with Sabbath, is that this isn't a choice. Just just hear God say to you, this is a command. And you don't have to feel guilty for choosing this and choosing not to work, right? Because it's not a choice. Like what if you just what if God told you today, don't do the laundry this week, let it pile up? Like, wouldn't you be like, yes! <laughs> Thank you, like the audible voice of God. Sorry, kids, sorry, you know. What if God told you not to take your kids to practice this week? Or what if God told you to just take a day off of work, unpaid if you have to, and just go hiking alone? What if God told you, you know, it's like, would you feel such a sense of relief if God commanded you To be irresponsible for a day. (laughs) To just find a place to worship him. And to be filled with his love. And to be strengthened. And let him serve you for once. Rather than feeling like you've always got to serve the people around you. You're not God. And remember, even God rests. The answer to all this, you see, it's not to it's not to become more efficient and more effective so that we can finally um, figure out how to fit in a Sabbath day. <laughs> you see, that's the problem with, with so many, of, I mean, I'm, look, I'm all for like the self-help and whether it's Christian or non-Christian, I mean, what helps, helps, that's good. But we, um, I, I know what it's like to just, we try to make our lives today, I mean, this is a billion dollar industry, is self-help, right? And telling us how to make our lives efficient, and effective and perfect in all these different ways so that we never miss a beat and whatever. And and once we do that, we say, then we can finally do a Sabbath, right? Then we'll finally have time for that day of rest. Guys, it's not how it works. No, the, the Sabbath is the command. And if we can't fit everything else in, in the rest of the six days of the week that we've got, then so be it. We probably got too much on our plate, don't you think? We are not God. Man, God just wants you. The world just needs you filled with God. I think like a year ago now, today, or a year ago in June, I um I'd confessed that social media was taking up a lot of my time and my life and whatever and just my mental energy. And so I I just got rid of it a year ago. And I haven't it's it's tempting, like every week I think, oh, it might be kind of nice to have, you know, Instagram back or, or something. And uh, but I haven't, and I've stuck, and guys, it is. It is so freeing to not have to like pretend like I'm somehow still being a good friend to those, you know, thousand other people who I don't actually know their birthdays. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, sorry I didn't tell you happy birthday. None of you actually know my birthday. You just tell it to me because you see it on Facebook when I was on it. You know what I mean? Like, and that's okay. Let's stop pretending like that's what it means to be a good friend. Or let's stop pretending like we can actually have a thousand friends. We can't. In all of these different ways, it's not just social media, it's so many different ways in life, we create this false sense of of capacity and responsibility, and God's just saying, just let it go. Let it go. Let some of these things fall. Let your kids maybe do one less sport or activity. You know, let your, I mean, I just go on and on. Work less. Maybe you get fired, whatever, you'll be a better Christian. (laughs) It'll be better for you in the long run. I don't know. Don't blame me, all right, if that happens. But um, blame God. I'm just the voice of God, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but uh, just do it. You can see how this, t- how this takes a lot of trust, right? I mean, one of the reasons that for Israel, the Sabbath was so important, I mean, so important out of all of their, you know, uh, rituals and ceremonies and things that seem bizarre to us, the Sabbath was the most important because it was the one, it was the primary way that God tested their trust in him. When all of the other cultures around them worked seven days a week, the Jews, they took that one day off. Everyone thought they were lazy. In fact, every seven years, they'd take a, they, they'd let the land rest and they wouldn't reap anything from the land. They wouldn't. You know what I mean? And every 50 years, everybody would be released from their debts. And they would, uh, I could go on and on about all these different Sabbath laws, but they required trust in God that He would provide when they rested, that He would provide when they let the land rest, that He would provide when they let their workers rest, and when they let, you know what I mean? It requires trust. And so one of my favorite verses uh, in the Bible it, in regards to trusting God is Malachi 3 something, I don't know. And, uh, and God basically says, I'm paraphrasing, but this is about your money, about tithing. He says, bring to me the first fruits of your labor and see if I don't fill your vats with, you know, et cetera. It's just, if I don't fill your life with more than you could ever imagine, if I don't bless you beyond belief. And God says, the only time in the whole Bible, God says, test me is right there. He says, test me, give me your first fruits, your labor, your money, and see if I don't take care of you. This is how you trust in me. And he didn't say this about the Sabbath, but this was very much Israel's mindset about the Sabbath and God's. He's saying, test me. See if I don't restructure and reorder your life. If I don't take care of those things that you think are important and maybe aren't, or that really are important, and I'll take care of them. You know, just test me. Give me this day. Um, Psalm 127, first half of it, I just love. I want to speak this over you just here in this moment. It says, if, uh, sorry, let me start. Unless the Lord builds the house, the one who builds it labors in vain. Okay? Unless the Lord builds a house, unless the Lord builds your home, your family, your career, your life as you know it and as you want it. Unless he builds it, all of your labor to build it is in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, unless he watches over your family and takes care of your responsibilities, your finances and your job, and your, you know, just on and on, unless he does that, you watch over all that in vain. It's in vain That you get up early in the morning and go late to rest. Eating the bread of anxious toil. For God gives to his beloved sleep. Isn't that just (laughs) wonderful? God gives to his beloved sleep. And all this anxious toil that we eat is in vain. He's calling us to just trust in him. So last, what kinds of things might we do on the Sabbath? Well, I told you the third thing here in that Genesis scripture was that God blessed the Sabbath and he made it holy. He made it holy. Um, what does it mean that God makes it holy? It means that it's sacred. It means that he sets it apart for himself. It means that just like, just like this Time and space when we come to worship in the sanctuary is holy. I think we all agree of that, you know, to that, at, at least to an extent. We don't, just, we don't just walk in here like with our own agenda, or at least we shouldn't. We don't just walk in here for our, for self-serving sort of needs. We don't just walk in here um, and you're not you're not just texting on your phones throughout the service, and we don't throw up like Netflix and whatever. <laughs> like there's, there's something holy about this. It's set apart for God specifically. That's what God means when he talks about the Sabbath day. It's hard to imagine a day of rest, Sabbath rest without prayer, without worship. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to imagine how I could spend a day binging on Netflix, which I've done far too many times, and call that Sabbath rest. It's not. And I can tell you, I think you know this. I think you know this, at least deep down, is that even if you feel like that's rest, it's really just vegging out and it, it doesn't actually fill your soul. Things like technology and social media, I'll say it again. Things like the news, how the news can just... <laughs> it's like on the Sabbath day, I want nothing to do with any of that. What I can't imagine us doing here is... is—is eating meals together and celebrating together and, and singing songs to God and going out in nature and worshiping together and doing, you know, like what types of things would you do in a holy space on a holy day, a day that's set apart for God? And if you're like me, it's, it's um, sometimes that seems not fun. <laughs> like I don't want to spend a day, but I'm just, let me say this, it's good to be bored. I've been bored more in the last month than I've been in, like, years, and it's been really nice. It's actually, God's really done a really good thing in starting to reorder my soul and reorient my mind. And, and um, to just say, you're not allowed to watch TV during your lunch break. You're not allowed to. Go sit outside and just worship God while you eat. Like, on this day off, you must pray, and pray more than usual. You must get into scripture. You must find ways to worship God. Spend more time outside. Connect with your Savior. Make this day holy. Don't profane it. Um, There's one commentary that I read, and he said this. Um, Just If you're asking yourself, what might I do on a Sabbath day, please know that it varies from person to person. All of you are going to connect with God in different ways and worship him in different ways. Um, It's that in, in Judaism... There were all those rules and laws and regulations that were very restrictive, right? Or at least they made them so. And one commentator said this. He said the prohibitions uh, surrounding the Sabbath were not meant to rule out activity of any kind. Their aim was to stop regular, everyday work. Because if God had set aside the Sabbath, the most obvious way of profaning it was to treat it just like any other day. Does that make sense? The most obvious way of profaning this holy day is to treat it just like any other day. Um, In that article that I told you about, she sort of finishes with this summary. She says, she's talking about burnout. She says, it's not a problem I can solve, but it's a reality I can acknowledge, a paradigm through which I can understand my actions. I just found her summary to be very bleak. (laughs) Like, It's it's an incurable problem, an unsolvable solution. And and I, I, I disagree with her more on any point than that. Because the answer to what we're talking about is Sabbath rest, is receiving this incredible grace and this gift from God. And I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying we've got to do it. And it will become easier the more we do it, and it will become like the air we breathe. And if not for ourselves, this is the last thing I have to say to you, if not for ourselves, if not for you, then what about for those in your care? See, part of the the Sabbath uh, for for, uh, Israel is that it was... God's saying, remember, he says in Deuteronomy 5, remember, you were slaves in Egypt and I brought you out, therefore obey the Sabbath. Remember, you're not slaves anymore. And so on this Sabbath day, it's not just about you. It's about you not creating an environment of slavery, literally or quote unquote slavery around you. It's about you creating an environment for your spouse to find Sabbath rest for your kids to find Sabbath rest, for your employees to find Sabbath rest? What kind of culture are you creating around you to show and provide and, and welcome God's mercy and God's rest into those who otherwise maybe have been your taskmaster at times? That's what the Sabbath is about. So how are you really doing with that? And how can you be more intentional about this moving forward? I don't know. But uh, as the band comes up here, um, I'm gonna pray. We're gonna have just a few moments of silence for you to reflect, for you to repent if you have to, if you to, and then we're gonna sing, we're gonna receive. If there's nothing else you do in this worship service, receive from God. Receive and be full. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for um, commanding us to rest. (laughs) Because sometimes we just need to be told, uh, do it. And don't talk back to me. (laughs) Uh, And so, thank you that this Christian life is one where we get to operate at, at full capacity if we just accept it. And we don't have to be burnt out. Um, I pray this morning that you would lift the um, this burden from anyone's shoulders who's been carrying it and just let the emotions uh, pour out. I pray that you would pour out your grace in the sanctuary, pour out your love. Um, Pour out this gift of Sabbath rest. That is not just a day of the week. It is a, um, it is something you welcome us into into eternity. It's the love and the grace of your Son Jesus Christ Himself. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. The joy of the Holy Spirit filled in our hearts. It's, it's Jesus at our at our feet, washing our feet, and we can't even believe it because. God put on flesh to wash our feet, to serve us. And, and the only way we can have a part of you is to let you do that. We worship you this morning. <laughs> pray that you would bless this time. In your holy name we pray. Amen.